Hello everyone, this is Belinda Carr. Welcome back to the Movers and Breakers podcast, where we dive into the world of construction and explore the stories of people and companies who are shaping the future of our industry. From the latest innovations to the challenges and triumphs of everyday individuals, we bring you the inside scoop of what's happening in construction. Today, I'm speaking with Antonio Carrillo, Global Head of Climate and Energy at Wholesome. Thanks for joining us, Antonio. Thank you, Belinda. I'm so excited to be in your podcast today. Oh, thank you. We actually met in Boston last year, but our our interaction goes back a couple of months before that. I came across um, your climate report that that you created when I was doing my when I was researching my video on uh, geopolymers, and I I was just trying to find as much information as I can, and it was really difficult to find good sources. And then I came across this really detailed and very thorough climate report that you you put out in 2022 and I was I was shocked I was shocked by how much information was there and how much I learned from the report and that's when I reached out to you and we started this whole conversation um but tell us a little bit about the climate report what why for those who don't know wholesome doesn't have a huge presence in the US but is one of the biggest companies in Europe and in the world uh y'all sell a lot of building products, but primarily in the, the concrete and cement industry, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Wholesome uh, is, uh, is a leading company in building materials. So we've got four main segments, uh, cement, uh, aggregates, ready mix, and now we're growing more and more in uh, in the fourth one, just solution and products, uh, uh, roofing, uh, insulation products, and uh, and that's uh, mainly our main, main, main streams. And when it comes to the climate report, uh, it's actually interesting because we 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 touched base when we had our first climate report out there. I think it was about this uh, this dates, but last year. And since then, we we had a, a second climate report uh, uh, published um, earlier this year, thirty first of March, uh, which is being presented to the annual uh, meeting uh, uh, of shareholders uh, as part of the resolution item. So. The, the, the study is fantastic. Um, um, companies have been more and more scrutinized in terms of how uh, uh, climate action is being handled. So the climate report, it's, uh, the, way, the way we see it is more than a report. Uh, it's uh, an exercise of transparency. In it, we basically uh, explain uh, what are our um, CO2 targets, uh, how these have been validated by third-party uh, organizations such as um, SBTI, Science-Based Target Initiative. Uh, it's fundamental today that those uh, claims are basically backed up by credible organizations. But not only that, we also explain how we manage, uh, how we plan to get there. Uh, what are the decarbonization levers? Where we're going to work? Reducing uh, clean factor, increasing the use of uh, renewable energy, uh, uh, recycling materials, uh, um, uh, carbon capture and, and storage and other uh, Brexit technology. So we basically detail our our plan, put it in context in terms of uh, of sort of uh, the, the the time frames. We've got uh, uh, midterm uh, targets uh, by 2030, long term net zero targets by 2050, and more importantly, uh, which I think is the next uh, level in terms of transparency and disclosure, is how all these interact uh, with all the elements of the organization, such as governance, um, uh, uh, finance. Uh, required investments, uh, impact in, in business plans, uh, commercial uh, aspects and new products. Uh, you've probably come across also uh, some of our products, EcoPack, EcoPlanet, which have strong link to this decarbonization pathway. So 
uh, the climate report aims to to put all that together. And and um, and uh, sort of last but not least, in terms of uh, of uh, the steps in the ladder, is to present it to the shareholders and investors for um, for a say on climate. There's an, an upcoming uh, um, attraction initiative called Say on Climate, uh, through which um, uh, companies are basically invited to share these uh, insights with the shareholders. So shareholders can also see progress in this sort of a crucial uh, theme is climate action and provide feedback uh, in, in, in sort of in the, in the form of a vote uh, on that resolution. That's a little bit the work we've done. And um, yeah, since we met uh, last year, uh, things have obviously evolved. Uh, oh, yeah. We've, uh, we've come up with the second one um, due to a number of reasons, but uh, it went fantastically well. We had a, a 95 plus uh, approval rate in the in the list in the last AGM. So that's really excited by, about the, by results. The, the board, right? You got a 95 by the shareholders, by, the, by shareholders. the shareholders of the of the company. Yeah. And what I loved about the report, I've gone through both 2022 and 2023. It's it's so realistic. It's not just dreams up in the air. You have mapped out a very clear path to get to decarbonization goals and you've also you and your team you've uh, you've come up with different scenarios what if what if we don't reach this what can we reach if if we don't meet this particular goal what can we do instead it's a very it's not out of this world it's not something that is unattainable i guess it's going to be difficult don't get me wrong it's going to be very difficult but it is doable yeah, that, that's that's probably you're referring to the section that we call a scenario planning or yes. scenario analysis. Um, so let me let me tell you a little bit about it. There is this uh, uh, global framework called uh, TCFDs, a Task Force uh, on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, which is a little bit the source of all these initiatives through which companies have now to disclose uh, more transparently uh, these uh, sort of uh, links between. Climate claims and 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 business uh, and business uh, plans, right? Um, and one of the requirements of the framework or the guidance is uh, uh, to invite companies to think about uh, uh, potential scenarios. Uh, uh, what if a company invests invests on a, on a number of um, of uh, uh, technologies to to decarbonize, but there is no regulatory framework that supports that, or vice versa? So I think I think it's it's really a, a uh, a logic exercise. If, if you think about it, when you when you have any strategy, uh, even a even a, a, a new product strategy, you've got to put some thoughts on the forecast, and and that's a little bit uh, a way of formalizing that forecast with different scenarios of CO2 prices. Um, you probably you can see uh, in US how how this topic is evolving depending on the states. Uh, 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 here in Europe, we've got uh, uh, the European uh, ETS, where there is a cap and trade system. Uh, so there's a number of uh, variables that you need to take into consideration when it comes to those uh, plans, and and um, that's that's a no-brainer. I think the next uh, step, as I was mentioning before, is uh, now uh, uh, putting it out there, uh, sharing the outcome of those uh, sort of uh, scenario analysis uh, to to or with our uh, stakeholders, so for them to to realize yeah. what are the challenges, the risks, and the opportunities that are out there. You are obviously very, very knowledgeable about this topic and I've learned a lot from your report, but that's like a condensed version of all the information that you've stored in your brain. And But what's interesting is that 
you didn't you didn't start off in this field you've been with wholesome for 14 years and you have been in all different parts of the construction sector and how did you how did you get from the beginning your very initial starters as an engineer to this this little niche of decarbonization in the construction sector oh yeah 14 years my goodness sounds a lot time flies um so yeah indeed uh, it was uh, it was not planned to be quite honest <laughs> let's be pretty like that um i first joined wholesome uh, in 2008 um Uh, really right after finishing university and um it, it was as part of what they call a uh, young engineers program uh so there were new openings for uh recently graduated engineers um to to join wholesome and and the idea was to combine uh, it was a program that combined uh, experience in manufacturing so we were basically um uh, having jobs uh, in 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 a cement plant uh, in my in my case whoops uh, uh doing some maintenance work and 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 so on uh but also you combine it with the tailor program of uh, of um uh, sort of training training on process emissions uh, maintenance quality uh, capital uh, expenditure it, it was super cool 18 months of basically 50 50 uh, well it was more about uh, more than 50% of uh, of of uh, the the time was mainly working but you had you they gave us the the chance of uh, basically um uh learning how the process uh, was in cement and um, um, we basically i think it's been good four years in in operations um from maintenance to to even production shift uh, at the plant uh, all that in the division of wholesome uh, spain um the whole idea of the program was to uh export talent at some point so there was a, a bit of background uh um the company wanted to to offer uh international careers to some of the Uh, of the candidates and i was uh, so excited about it because i i finished my last year in um, uh, in poland uh, um, um, doing an erasmus student uh, uh, scholarship so uh, i was super excited about uh, uh, going back abroad and uh, so that was part of the, of the part. and then, and then I, i think around 2004, 2012 i think um, i was the, uh, finally offered that opportunity so I had a, a couple of projects in canada in our divisions uh, Uh, in Canada um, and and end up in Switzerland as part of uh, uh, the health and safety reporting team, which has nothing to do with the with the operation. But they were looking for some sort of profile, having the operational experience on having done the works in the plant uh, and a bit of um, uh, the knowledge on sort of systems. Uh, and and so think- you had the practical knowledge, and they wanted you to provide that practical knowledge to the people at the at the desk jobs. <laughs> It's sad because in the end, you, you sort of when you are in these sort of uh, a corporate controlling roles, you get a lot of information in a number of forms, uh, but but sometimes they're lacking the uh, okay. I've, I've been there. I know I know what what this is about. So that's how we basically. That was my first uh, let's say uh, contact with the ESG uh, world, health and safety being a little bit uh, uh, part of of the uh, broad scope of ESG. Um, and uh, we were working at the time very closely with the sustainability team, so um, so you know I started to get interested about that topic. Uh, and uh, why is was... that? Did you did you see the potential that that could really say blow up and really take over the construction industry? It's, there was a need for it. Well, to, to be to be quite honest, uh, I was I was just growing in terms of knowledge, right? Uh, when 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 I was working in, in in the plant, in manufacturing, in in production, or in capex, you basically focus on 
you know, on uh, uh, sort of keeping your uh, business uh, running and, running, and yeah. facing and facing the challenges, uh, uh, thinking about how to improve efficiencies, uh, looking at uh, looking at the challenge in a more holistic uh, view, long term vision, uh, yeah, long term vision, and then also having the exposure about the challenges on uh, you know financing uh, uh, stakeholder. Uh, 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 feedback, uh, uh, potential, potential, uh, reputational risks uh, that all associated with the ESG aspect at the time. I'm referring now. This would be probably 2015. The topic was uh, was uh, was getting hot, but not at the level of uh, of uh, attention that today today has. Right, but you could already see how this was coming. Um, uh, Holcim is being a leader in sustainability aspects uh, um, and driving driving the the agenda within the industry, uh, uh, but obviously it's still a journey. Frameworks uh, were not even in place. Uh, I mean, we are now referring to TCFD, SBTI, and those, those, those were not existing, right? So um, that's, how I, that's how I got a little bit, um, um, uh, had it in the radar. And then it came, the, the you, you, might, you might probably know, but it was a merger between Lafarge and Holcim. Yeah. And, and in that process, uh, so basically I, I was uh, part of the, of the, uh, uh, team that uh, did the integration of systems on the health and safety side. They were looking for someone to lead the same exercise in the sustainability um, area. And I knew the system, so um, I happened to, to to get the job. And that's how I really got into it uh, uh, with a bit of... Um, um, Are you, you're not giving yourself enough credit in this. You're just saying you happen to get all these. You were extremely talented and smart. They recognized your talent. They offered you the opportunity, but you ran with it. I mean, it's not just, yeah, it's about grabbing it and making the most of that opportunity that comes your way. There, there, there are the times that uh, opportunity uh, um, is uh, basically uh, put in front of you, and you definitely need to go for it, right? There's, there's no hesitation, and this was one of those uh, uh, occasions. So um, I was given the opportunity, I took it, and uh, and that was uh, and that was actually quite fun because we basically needed to bring together all the systems between the the sort of two former companies, uh, and I was like, well, I, I just don't have the knowledge, and uh, is there any program, any training program out there? And I came across this. Uh, um, World Business Council for Sustainable Development Leadership uh, a training program. Uh, it was like a three modules, uh, one year um, uh, exercise, and it was uh, amazing, right? I got a lot. Of, uh, uh, I got, got a lot with the topic, uh, and um, and you know, you, you know me already. Some energy is not is not something that I like. Uh, uh, but the passion just came came right uh, after, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I got into the topic. Uh, four years uh, doing these sort of easy uh, reporting systems, um, uh, disclosures, and um, there was another opportunity that I was uh, offered, uh, and it was in, in the uh, theme of climate. I think it was around 2018, um, vacancy uh, in the team. The topic was, uh, was uh, getting another sort of level of attention by management, by stakeholders. Uh, it was a challenge. Uh, it, was a, it was a big challenge. But also uh, a big opportunity, so uh, I didn't hesitate that time either. And that's, I think, uh, uh, what brought us here, right? So suddenly, the topic, which boom, no, it's uh, it's now the topic, uh, and a lot of things happened since then. Net Zero Pledge, um, uh, alignment with all these frameworks, uh, the climate report, the same climate. So 
really demanding, uh, extremely demanding, especially for a company like like Holcim, uh, uh, with uh, uh, with you know building uh, em build environment is is uh, responsible uh, for I think 30, 35 yeah, percent of global emission. Everyone says forty, but yeah, it's around. Only forty, so thirty seven. But uh, there the are a number of numbers out there. But uh, so the, the challenge, uh, the challenge is huge. Uh, but but so it is the the efforts and the passion we put in. No, I'm very Absolutely. happy to. To the having them. So there are, when I go through both the reports, um, I, got, I got four main themes in the climate reports. First is a mission by Wholesome to decarbonize buildings, circular construction, building with less, and making buildings sustainable. Obviously, they're all equally important, but the one thing that's really stood out to me is that y'all actually said in your report, the most sustainable building is the one that you don't have to build. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I believe you said that. It's like, why do we need to, if if we can actually, and that's part of the idea of circular construction. If we don't have to build a new building, if we can retrofit it, that is the that could be the most sustainable option at for that particular project. Oh, for some projects, yes. Yeah. So I think the, the overarching uh, theme is uh, uh, decarbonizing buildings. Yes, I think I think the industry has been um, probably. Uh, um, Focus on uh, embodied emissions, right? And and that's that's the first sort of uh, pillar of our decarbonization strategy is um, decarbonizing our own operations. For that, we have really solid targets, and and I think that's what the uh, what Holcim has been doing over the last uh, decades, and will continue to go forward. I think you need to to fix, uh, you know, to clean the house uh, after going uh, somewhere else, uh, and and that's a little bit that 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 main pillar, and then th there are a number of elements we can contribute to the value chain, to the built environment, uh, also with with our products, and 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 those are I think you mentioned one is that building more with less or better with less. So th there's a number of uh, of uh, uh, actions we can take down the value chain to make better use of of materials. I, I follow your channel, uh, your podcast for. Uh, for a while, and, and you basically tackle some of those, right? Uh, uh, wh why do we need to use the same type of concrete for all applications? Sometimes you just do it because it's the easiest thing to do when you're in a construction site from a logistic perspective, even cost perspective. But is that the right thing to do? Uh, could we could we sort of um, specialize some uh, uh, types of products for some uh, applications? Um, circular construction, it's a no-brainer. You have... Uh, you have a, a sort of a, a now with with all the renovation and and, uh, and and even new value chain streams in cities where, uh, for example, concrete can be uh, reused uh, when you have you demolish a building, you can reuse uh, uh, bits and bits of it. Uh, um, name, I mean, versus the stones, you can basically uh, produce uh, recycled aggregates. But now we can also reuse the the, the, the fine portion of it. We can basically uh, use it as a mineral component and yes. or raw materials, even decarbonized raw materials. There's a number of applications um, that are pushing a little bit the existing norms uh, to the limit. That's another topic we probably uh, uh, would like to discuss, uh, and we cover in the report how norms and regulation need to evolve. And 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 then the last one is uh, is the building, uh, making the buildings uh, more efficient. Uh, in this, we open up uh, with our new framework to to um, elements like solution and products. Now we are able to offer our customers a range of solutions from foundation with the concrete business to to, to roofing. the roofing. Yes, and 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 this is um, 
basically putting Hosim at a different side of the table when it comes to 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 discuss. Um, uh, being able to offer sort of a whole envelope of, of solutions because eventually, as you know, in the built environment, uh, energy is consumed throughout the use of the of the building, and in those, there are all the considerations to 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 be taken, such as life cycle assessments, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, that's a little bit the uh, the the strategy, the way we've uh, we built it, and obviously uh, still a strong uh, focus on decarbonizing our own operations. So when it comes to targets, we've set up with science-based target initiative, uh, mainly uh, referring to to those uh, to scope one emissions, uh, scope two emissions, uh, but I think scope three emissions uh, and really having a focus on on. on what do you mean by that? What what do you mean by scope two and scope three emissions? You're talking about like the next stage. Yeah, so so when it comes to greenhouse gas uh, uh, emissions accounting, uh, uh, there's uh, very specific protocols to define who emits uh, what. And um, the protocol defines uh, in a simple way three types of scope. Scope one emissions are the emissions associated to the direct operations of uh, any operation. For example, uh, in our case, uh, when we produce uh, uh, cement or we are basically producing aggregates, the emissions associated to, to that particular activity would be a scope one emission. So the chemical reaction in the kiln, the uh, consumption of fuels to, to, to have that reaction, um, those would be a scope one emissions. Scope two emissions, those emissions associated to the electricity you have to buy in order to run your operations. Okay. So you probably have now scope two emissions uh, in this uh, in this context of the podcast by the electricity we're consuming basically in the in the process. And the scope three emissions is a little bit everything else. It's uh, transportation. It's transportation. Of, and, okay. Transportation of goods, but it's also a little bit the cradle to gate of the of the goods you consume. Uh, even for companies that have uh, employees going around the commuting, uh, there's fifteen categories uh, without going into the details oh, that wow. you need. Okay. Well, and it makes the accounting quite uh, quite complex and challenging, but that's also a little bit the new standard, right? Companies are expected to uh, report on those 15 categories of scope three emissions, plus scope two emissions, plus scope one emissions, and all that is uh, basically being consolidated on, on what they call the C2 inventory. That's that's uh, that's a little bit. That's and, uh. It's it's so difficult to quantify something like that. It's, and we're going through a very interesting phase now because everyone has all these calculators, CO two calculators. They're trying to find the best way to capture all this data and put put a number to transportation to this call that we're having. Like, how do you quantify that in terms of a CO two emissions? But let's let's talk about something fun now. Um, Let's talk about certain, this is not that all this isn't fun, but let's talk about something a little more lightweight. Y'all have invested and partnered with some really interesting companies that are trying to create all these cool, interesting new products for the construction um, industry. Some of them being like uh, magnetic or, or concrete batteries. Another one is like calcium clay, Ecopack concrete. Ecopack concrete is probably the most uh, widely used new product in Holson, right? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you name it. There's a number of uh, products, uh, uh, what we call our green uh, offer, um, low carbon products mainly. Uh, we started with the Ecopack. The Ecopack is, uh, it's, uh, it's our concrete uh, with uh, at least 30% less CO2 footprint than um, 
uh, sort of the the local baseline uh, uh, concrete, and um, it's 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 been extremely successful and exciting to to talk about because we introduced it. I think was uh, end of twenty twenty out of memory or beginning of twenty twenty one, and already reached a, a quite significant rate of uh, of sales of of the particular uh, um, segment, and the the um, adoption uh, within the market has been amazing. Uh, it's not only about uh, we've been promoting it uh, uh, so, so customers could could actually understand the benefits of it, but also we could see traction in the market uh, from customers that want they to. They wanted it. It's not just a push thing, but they, it's almost it's a pull thing. They wanted a more sustainable. Exactly. Concrete. And for and a number it, of reasons. Is it a one to one replacement for traditional concrete? Is that why for, it was so popular? For some applications, absolutely, yes. For some applications, absolutely, yes. And that's a little bit the beauty of uh, being a little bit more narrow uh, down in, into targeting uh, what, what product for what application. But, but but let me tell you, it's also a little bit linked to what, what you found not that exciting, scope one, two, and three, because our customers, uh, some of our customers need to reduce their scope three emissions and how they can do that uh, by having products uh, that will, will basically uh, allow them to, to happen. And, and that's what our eco pack, which is the concrete sort of line at wholesale, we've we've uh, uh, opened up uh, an, an, a line of uh, of sort of uh, a cement, a green cement eco planet, uh, which basically offers the same sort of criteria, minus thirty percent uh, versus uh, OPC uh, or, or SEM one, and 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 that's that's what it basically now open up like like this uh, sort of range of, of low carbon products, um, and then the other two that you mentioned. Uh, 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 battery uh, and calcium clay and exactly yeah. well calcium clay, clay is going to be a lever for uh eco pack and eco planet to to um to basically continue to develop so uh you know how do we reduce the carbon footprint of our products we basically we use uh, uh um uh, products from from other industries uh in order to uh to basically minimize the content of clean care within within these products and and um, and calcine clay is going to play a key role. Uh, it's sort of starting already to have a to have a, a prominent role, but it will play a key role in the future. Uh, uh, as part of those uh, mineral components, we use to to replace uh, the clean content in the in the final product. And uh, uh, yeah, we we've now got a, a couple of exciting projects. Uh, a new line in, in in France where we're already producing calcine clay and using it as a uh, sort of replacement of uh, of, of clinket in, in in the cement we produce there, and and in some some other sort of uh, markets exploring uh, to to grow up in that uh, in that sense. So so calcium clay is definitely a, a, a no brain technology we are definitely uh, going to to pursue, and there are all the innovations a bit more fancy as uh, as the one you mentioned also three like printing. this asphalt that can power electric cars. I remember reading about that too. Exactly, or or the three D printing the, uh, and the cobalt uh, sort of ink. I know I know you have your reservations on three D printing, <laughs> although some of your channels, but uh, but definitely a technology that will um, will help to to build with less, right? So you yeah. could basically uh, be more efficient in the material you use also at site. No, so uh, really the idea is to have a wide range of technologies um, and uh, and to support the decarbonization of our solutions. Yeah. to support at the same time um, decarbonizing building, right? So, like you said that people were very receptive to the, the climate report and these new products that your your Wholesome is coming out with, but what were, if any, negative feedback that you've received about 
this new direction or this new um, like new push within internally within Wholesome to to make the company greener? Um, well, look, let me tell you, internally, we, we have not received, uh, yeah. been rather the opposite. I think the sense of purpose that this uh, pledge and, and, and the strategy offers uh, and gives to our employees, uh, I, I mean, when, when we visit operations, uh, everyone is, is fully on it, right? It's, uh, it's about uh, uh, doing what we do with this uh, full passion uh, on, on, on wholesome, but on top of that, having a sort of a, a purpose of decarbonizing uh, a building, of, uh, of making eventually, you know, living a, a better planet. Uh, it, it's no brainer. And, and this has sort of created a, a sense of ownership within the company, extremely, extremely powerful attracting talent uh, as well. Uh, that's something that we see uh, young talents wanted to join the company uh, because, because of this sort of journey we've, uh, we've basically owned. Um, with regards to the climate report and uh, constructing feedback, this put like that, obviously we've, we have two phases, so the climate report uh, 2022 and the climate report this year. Uh, there's been an evolution uh, uh, on, on, on with improving to the disclosures. And I think that's been the main the main feedback we got uh, uh, this year, as I mentioned before, extremely positive feedback. Um, and 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 why is we basically closed some gaps? For example, uh, last year we were uh, we challenged on on how um, much was it too ambitious? Is that is that what it is? <laughs> ambitious and also uh, relying on breakthrough technologies such as carbon oh. capture and got it. Uh, which which is a no-brainer than any sort of uh, uh, credible publication such as the International Energy Agency uh, or SBTI will actually give the same sort of lines, carbon capture, uh, and other breakthrough technologies like calcium clay are going to become uh, a key uh, or paramount to, to, to decarbonize. So this year, we've basically given a little bit more insights on what are we doing on those. I don't know if you've come across, across the map where we basically outlined the, the flagship projects, uh, uh, commitments on investment, uh, expected capacities by when. And, and this, this sort of uh, digest uh, has helped to, to mitigate a little bit that uh, um, I think feedback. Negative feedback or anything, yes. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't say negative, but, uh, but really what else, no? And, um, and I think, um, I think that, that my feeling that the future will go in, in the lines of, of becoming even more transparent on the uh, on the links with uh, with the finance, with the P and L, uh, how investments are going, are investments actually uh, resulting in the savings that you had expected, and and this level of transparency, especially in a, in an area that is still um, a bit uh, a bit prominent, right? So 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 uh, breakthrough technologies, like we could see, is a, is a is a focus of stakeholders that uh, they would like us to understand more. I'm definitely going to link the the climate report when when I publish this podcast, and this feels like a perfect segue into the conclusion for for our for our podcast because it's the U.S. like you like you mentioned earlier is a little behind when it comes to, compared to Europe when it comes to decarbonization of buildings and the required reporting, but I've been to three conferences this year and it feels like. 50% of the panels were talking about decarbonization, ESG, carbon footprint, the the need for re reporting all this, calculating all this, and and the need for companies to be 
like you said, to be more uh, like on the forefront because it's coming to the U.S. too. People may not be as aware of it. So the urgency that you that wholesome feels or that that's they're trying to convey through this climate report, it's there's a very like timid feeling about it right now, but it is coming for the U.S. So my question to you is what advice do you have for people in the construction industry who are really passionate about these kind of these topics? about decarbonization, about building with less, making buildings more sustainable. How could they learn more about it and maybe even like what you're doing at Wholesome, lead the charge within their own companies? Okay, that's a, that's a good question. Um, look, I think for, first of all, if, if you're passionate about uh, sustainability, climate action, uh, decarbonizing uh, uh, construction industry, do not hesitate to go for it at this stage. I think I think there were times where it's probably be considered as a risky move in your career. I think we've uh, uh, passed, passed that. that. Yeah. Uh, definitely, right? So so um, it's no longer it's no longer a nice thing for organizations to have. This should be, if not, it is already part of the. Uh, it should be at the core of organization strategies and uh, and, and build and business models, right? So. Um, that's that's basically should uh, incentivize uh, uh, not only for those passionate about it, but but really for for those who are hesitating what to do next. It's it's a uh, it's a good move. Uh, uh, it gives a sense of purpose, uh, and 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 I think at the same time, what I think that sort of the core of the advice is getting really technical. I remember when we were discussing about. Uh, um, you know how over the the years I, I came up uh, to to this role, uh, the things have evolved uh, a lot in the last five years. Uh, it's been it's been quite recent. So before it used to be okay to have a sustainability sort of uh, um, um, global or holistic uh, uh, vision. Now every single topic of uh, within the sustainability framework is getting extremely specialized. So. Climate, greenhouse gas accounting, life cycle assessment, environmental pool declarations for nature, uh, water treatment, biodiversity, all coming also with specific frameworks. Um, the the community sort of side, the, the the employee framework. The theme is getting extremely extremely complex. So educate on it, uh, and and I think it's a proactive. Uh, uh, I'm afraid. I, I hope I'm wrong, and and you can prove me wrong. But I think it still depends a lot on on, on proactive uh, uh, approach into that uh, educational journey because universities, uh, programs, MBA are not yet there. Yeah. Still, sometimes very much on the high level, and 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 when do you really get into the topic? You need to you need to educate yourself. So the, the good the good uh, news is there's plenty of programs out there. For you to approach like the program practice. that you took f- before you started this. Exactly. Well, that one in particular is a, is a little bit more sort of motivational, mm-hmm. motivational, and and, and sort of um, uh, for newcomers in sustainability. But there are specific programs on on those elements we mentioned, uh, and that's a must. And um, and last but not least, I think you mentioned uh, you, you you made me mention, but it's it's true. Uh, opportunities are always there. It's important to to grab them, right? So don't don't let pass an opportunity like that because uh, it's an exciting field uh, to work in. That's excellent advice, Antonio. It's always fun to chat with you, and I feel like I always learn something new from you every time I chat with you because you are so knowledgeable about this field. And I know even the questions that I asked you during this podcast are just like scratching the surface of your depth of knowledge. 
but uh, i'm looking forward to having you back on the podcast again when you release the next climate report um and i'm definitely going to link it with the podcast too uh, like i said earlier thank you so much antonio for for being on the podcast and sharing your knowledge with us thank you belinda it was a it was a pleasure i definitely enjoyed uh having this conversation with you i'll be happy to join you back again uh, anytime you want thank you antonio appreciate it